I'm Rachel Krieger. And I'm Philip Simon. We are two Jewish comedians. I'm Orthodox, so I've got 27 rabbis in my phone contacts. And I'm Reform, so I've got five, and two of those are women. This is the chat show that recreates the sensation of finding yourself on the miscellaneous table at your cousin Hannah's bat mitzvah. However relaxed the hosts make you feel, you're pretty sure at some point a rabbi's going to start speaking. Each week we'll bring you two of our favourite Jews to chat about their lives and experiences growing up and how much Jewishness plays a part. Are they Bismillah no or Brismillah go? Welcome to Jew Talking to Me. So, Philip, has anything particularly Jewish happened to you this week? Uh, kind of. My, my wife and I had our anniversary last Friday. Mazel um, Oh, thank you very much. Obviously, we were quite restricted in what we could do. You know, we didn't want to go and eat in a restaurant and getting a babysitter would have been quite complicated as well. So my parents very kindly had a meal delivered to us from a kosher restaurant. Ooh. It, was, it was nice. We, we pre-ordered from a set menu and then the food had to be delivered before Shabbat came in. So in the morning on the Friday, there was a knock on the door and a box just waiting on the doorstep with a socially distanced delivery driver pretty much hanging out of his car ready to to drive off the moment delivery could be confirmed and then we just had this box of food in our fridge with no clue about what to do with it like normally when you get a takeaway it arrives just before you eat so it's hot but with this you're basically playing the role of chef as well as customer and i couldn't find cooking instructions anywhere like did it go in the, in the oven uh, in the microwave the driver was long gone so we couldn't ask him and obviously we couldn't phone the restaurant because they were closed for shabbat so what did you do well i'm i'm sort of grown up so i worked it out in the end plus it turned out there were instructions that i'd missed uh, but in my defense they were very well hidden and really vague like chicken soup was confusing it just said keep refrigerated so great chicken gazpacho i mean i'm just relieved that you had chicken soup i thought you would be yeah what about you rachel how, how jewish has your week been I had an interesting Jewish moment yesterday, actually. I went to meet a colleague in a park where there was a space that we thought we might be able to use for some outdoor comedy gigs, which would be really brilliant. And to get to where he was standing, I had to walk alongside the football pitches where there were two young Jewish football leagues there doing practice matches with each other. And as I got towards him, he said to me, Rachel, I was going to call out hello, but I realised he wouldn't hear me above the shouting of the Raffis and the Joshuas. Those are great names, the two rival Jewish football teams. Well, I thought so. And that really made me laugh. And then as we were leaving, we walked along the sideline. I put my hands up to my mouth like this and I shouted, come on, Rafi! And then I saw literally four kids <laughs> smash into each other as I went for the ball. Oh, that's brilliant. But this show isn't all about Rafi or Joshua. It's not even about Rachel or Philip. Let's bring on our guests. First up is a comedy impressionist and singer. You'll know her face and her voice from the stage, screen and radio, most memorably for her phenomenal auditions on Britain's Got Talent. She's also the host of another fabulous podcast called Stars In Your Ears, almost as good as this one, and can currently be heard voicing most of the women on Spitting Image. It's Jess Robinson. Yay! Hello, Hi, how are you? Hey, good, fine. thank how you. Are you? <laughs> what yeah. a pleasure to be here. Oh, thanks very much for joining us. And Jess, tell us, what kind of Jew are you? The worst kind. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even say lapsed because I was never there in the first place. You couldn't get worse than me, That's I would a bold say. Claim. Well, we'll see if your next guest is uh, any worse, but I, I reckon I'm really <laughs> down the, the lowest of the low when it comes to being a good Jew. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not the level of competition we were going for. My mum plays the organ in the local 
local village church. When we moved to our little village in Hertfordshire, she was the only person in the village that could play the piano. So she was the local piano teacher and then she became the organist. She's been playing for weddings and funerals and christenings since I was four years old and I was brought up singing in the church choir. And I know more about Christianity than my own heritage. Wow. Isn't that terrible? I don't know if it's terrible. My dad, who's very, very religious nowadays, was a shepherd in his school nativity. So everyone has their past. Oh, I was always a sheep. You must know her dad then. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely place to go to there, Philip. <laughs> so, Jess, what is the most Jewish thing that's happened to you recently? Early last week, I was working with my personal trainer. And mm. sometimes when I'm working a bit too hard, which is not often, but I get emotional because I'm not used to it. And I was just having a bit of a, a difficult day and I was really trying hard and I burst into tears. And my trainer, Jenny, said to me, oh, Jess, Jess, don't worry. Oh, do you know, when I'm like this, my mum always says, Jew on. And I said, oh my gosh, are you Jewish too? Because <laughs> I thought she meant, oh, Jew on, you know, we got through the whole thing, get through this, you just got a Jew on. So uh, <laughs> that is no word of a lie the most Jewish thing that happened to me this week and I'm going to use Jew on as a motto now that is a brilliant a mantra I remember when I arrived at school once hearing somebody say morning Jew and they were talking about the water in oh. the field oh. like the droplet but I responded and went morning <laughs> our next guest is an actor West End musical theatre performer puppeteer and magician he's appeared in stage shows like Avenue Q and Rock of Ages but is best known for his starring role in the film Nativity Rocks he also appears in a new rock musical first date available to stream online this weekend only it's simon lipkin hello hi hello simon hi. morning simon. you <laughs> <laughs> morning you that that is definitely going to be the, the uh, title of my opening number simon what kind of jew are you i'm jewish i'm in it for the food and the money <laughs> i was brought up like relatively jewish you know like quite religious grandparents went to shabbat every friday did all of that stuff but like yeah sort of proper-ish I've got the shoulders and the voice, but that's about it. But not not particularly religious. No, Sephardic Jew. There you go. I know okay. that one. And, that's good for um, our diversity. And ironically, uh, I heard Jess's thing about the church, but my mum actually played the penny whistle in a mosque. Hey, <laughs> let's start a band. <laughs> so we got all the bases covered. And Simon, what's the most Jewish thing that's happened to you recently? I had a craving for uh, a salt beef bible. And um, we'll get to it later. So uh, I ordered from Monty's Deli, delicious, uh, because they deliver to your front door. They deliver Harvick bagels and, and a fresh joint of salt beef and mustard and all the pickles and all these delicious things. And so I ordered it and I, I put the salt beef in the slow cooker. Hold on, let me get close to the mic. I put the salt beef in the slow cooker. <laughs> cook for a few hours and i thought you know what i've got a lovely guy that works as the doorman i thought i'll take him down a little uh a little lovely salt beef bagel and uh give him a little treat and i gave it to him he looked at me and he went oh so it's just like hot corn beef and i've never been so angry in my <laughs> life that i wasted a delicious salt beef bagel this was only followed closely by then later in the day it was a friend's birthday and you know as all good jews do you, you take a gift and so i went to buy flowers for this person just to leave them at their doorstep and the the flower man had hiked his prices up 
So I was there bartering with a man just trying to make an honest living over a gift of generosity that I was going to give to someone else. <laughs> and I literally went, pay the money, you Jew. And then left. That's that's what I, that not, I didn't say that to him. I said it to myself. <laughs> I wasn't just racially, racially slurring people in the street. That sounded like you were saying racially slurring. Like that's going to be a thing now. Yeah, that's actually what I was saying. Yeah, racially slurring. <laughs> nice. Slinging <laughs> Rachel slurs all over the place. <laughs> I, I do, but only when I've been drinking. And that's usually pal wins, so. Doesn't really count. Well, these are clearly tough times that we're living in at the moment. So we always like to check in with our guests and ask, what's the matter, Bubala? Jess, what's going on with you at the moment? Now, okay, I have to proceed this by saying I'm not talking about this podcast, but I say yes to everything all the time at the moment. And without thinking, do I have the time to do it? Can I do it? Uh, will I actually like it? And I just, I keep saying yes and then getting myself in situations that I'm not particularly happy with. I need to learn how to say no. And I'm not very good at it. That's my thing. What's the thing that you said you see that you regret saying yes to the most? There have been a series of online cabarets. <laughs> <laughs> varying quality and that take up time and you're meant to be there for the whole thing, which is ends up being three hours long. Mm -hmm. And you know, you don't get paid and this is tough times. I would like to watch telly. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in my 20s, which <laughs> wasn't that long ago, <laughs> I used to say yes to everything and it was fine because I'd have new experiences and I'd surprise myself. But now I say yes, I'll go to your party knowing that I will cancel at the last minute. I just can't say no. Was it the kids from Grange Hill? Did they release just say no? <laughs> <laughs> they did. Yeah, Is that they what did, they did? Yeah. What I about need if to we... learn this. Right. But what about if we just go, we will redo it in honour of this podcast and we'll go to the kids of King Solomon High School and yeah. they can re-record it as Jess say Jess no. say no. Philip's here to play. Do you have any advice? I'm gonna say no. Sure. See how easy it is? Sometimes it is important to say no, but sometimes yeah. it's important to say yes. Very grateful fun. that you made it clear at the beginning of your answer that we weren't one of the ones <laughs> that you were regretting. Let's see if Simon's going to be as diplomatic with his answer. Simon, what's the matter, Bubbler? What's going on with you? Oh, thanks for asking, Bubby. Angry social media people. It's so upsetting. Now, freedom of speech and fighting for something and voicing opinions and doing all of that. But the people that do it just to be performative on a social media platform. And then if you said, but go say it out loud in the real world. And then they'd run and hide away. Those people. Don't worry, this is a safe space. Please don't make me angry, otherwise I'd have to go on social media and tell people about it. Because I can't just rage in the privacy of my own household to friends and humans. I've got to tell people that I don't know. <laughs> and charity live stream concerts not for a charity. Done. <laughs> Done. Where the charity is the guy singing. Like charity live stream concerts for no charity. You know, it's really important that we raise money for charity. Like, was the charity you? There's a lot of that now with people saying it's for the arts and the arts meaning this artist, which is fine. Artist. See, here's the thing. If you just turned around and went, I'm doing a concert for money, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It's just performance theatre. We do. We've done that for many a time. So just mm. say I'm just doing a concert for money. Don't do it. You know, I really care about this stuff right now. But you also just care about making money. So like make money. I got an email this week from somebody who was offering a charity gig out and they said, 
we can't afford to pay the acts because it's for charity mm. but to say thank you we will be taking some of the proceeds and making a donation to an artistic charity i was like well instead of doing that why don't you just pay the acts well yeah so that that's my them they're my little things i don't I know i knew you'd have more than one no well that's just two <laughs> just two <laughs> so, 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 come on this is a podcast oh, for jews what know, did you well, expect <laughs> I'm a full-on Jewish mother, so whenever I meet people, I can't help but wonder in my heart of hearts, have you eaten yet? So I want to know how important Jewish food is to either of you. You've spoken a little bit about salt beef, but have you got any interesting food memories, anything you'd like to share about your connection with Jewish food? So I'll go to Jess first. Here we go again. We used to live in Edgware where I went to a lovely nursery called Gankanera. And then quite soon after, I was, I think, about four or something, we moved to this little village in Hertfordshire. And uh, mum took me back, uh, maybe when I was about eight or nine, to go and have a look at where we used to live. And we went past the nursery, and then we went past this lovely Jewish delicatessen, and we looked through into the window, and we went in, and I pointed at the gefilte fish in the window and said, Mummy, can I have a scotch egg? <laughs> I don't think the man behind the counter actually even knew what one was, thankfully, but she was very embarrassed. We used to be a social worker and I had a situation with a young person that I had to take out of their house in a very urgent fashion and just get him somewhere else to sit down, have a drink, talk about what we were going to do next. I just ran to the nearest calf and it turned out to be like pig central there were people frying bacon behind me there was a suckling pig on a spit roasting in the front window and we were sitting the only other space was the other front window and this was in Stamford Hill and I was sitting there just expecting somebody who knew me or who knew my parents to walk past and see me I had to sort of make my peace with the situation and know that up above God is aware that I'm really doing a mitzvah Rachel if you find yourself going to a restaurant called pig central you've only got yourself to blame <laughs> that's very true so so Simon, do you have any particular Jewish food memories that you can share with us? My mum was born in Bombay and her parents moved here when she was, I think, six or seven. So I didn't grow up with chicken soup and gefilte fish and fish balls, although, of course, I ate it all. So we actually grew up more on, like, curries and all of that sort of stuff. So that's the food that I associate. My mum, she's not a great cook. She tried, but she's not great. So it was my, it was my grandmother I associated food with. But yeah, it was a really different vibe. But I think for most people, it's family, isn't it? like a sunday and there's like chopped liver and egg and onion and bagels and salt beef and salmon and cream cheese and it's just like a big spread and so whenever i have that it's comforting it just reminds me of family and home and closeness and all of that sort of thing and then if i eat anything remotely kind of indiany then it always reminds me of my grandparents so that's my little connection with it not funny, but heartfelt. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. We like a heartwarming little story. Some of the curries were very warming. Do you have a particular favourite curry? So, no, it wasn't a curry, but she used to make this thing called hashua, which was, or is it hamima hashua? I can't remember. But it was rice with, like, beautiful spices and chicken cooked through it. And then you take that mix and put it back inside the chicken skin and sew it up and uh, marinate that and then bake that. So then it would all be inside this kind of 
crispy chicken skin, like a Cornish pasty, but from Bombay. And so it was, that was amazing. We Jews love stuffing rice and something full of meat and making it delicious. That sounds like a tadukan, but of chicken in chicken. It's not a three bird, it's not a three bird stuff, is it? It's no, not but a it's a chicken it's stuffed inside the chicken. Did it look like a chicken when it was put no, back it's together? a chicken like, in a chicken, so it's a, a chachakan. <laughs> that's what you're and describing also, as a chachakan. And that sounds so Yiddish. Because also, when you were telling the pork story, I was so, <laughs> it sounded delicious. Well, I mean, that, this Shabbat, I'm chachakaning it, that's for sure. sure. Chachakan. Chuchakan. 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 Russell's saying, please stop saying Chuchakan. He hasn't said that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Russell's suggesting we workshop Chuchakan. We can do better than Chuchakan, he says. Let's see what else we... This could be big, he says. Let's workshop oh, oh, He's Googling the dish, he says. He's Googling to see what it's like. But he can't find any record of it. Do you want to workshop something better than Chuchakan? Do you want something better? Um, I'm very happy with Chuchakan. I like chuchukin. If you think of uh, something better than chuchukin as the show goes on, then like we'll pause to hear somebody's suggestion of what it could be called instead. So it's a chicken wrapped in a chicken. A, chi a rice, it was, was it Simon, ricey chicken, chicken and rice stuffed inside a chicken skin shell. Yeah. I mean, you're cool. It was only because you said to, <laughs> it's, it's only because you said to ducken, but you were describing three different meats. You're describing a turkey, a duck, and a chicken, when it's clearly just a chicken inside a chicken, which makes it a chuchukan, right? It's a so it's not. Or like, it's got rice. It's a, it's a chicken inside a chicken. It's just like a rush, one of those Russian dolls. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. 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 A Russian chuchukan. A Russian chuchukan. There Russian. we go. That's why you put vodka on it to add to the flavour. The buffet at our wrap party is going to be immense. <laughs> but then you've got to blow it out so you're a puffin ruffin. Oh, <laughs> we all love a good broigus. And actually, even our audience has been getting involved lately in our very own classic debate about whether they say bagel or bigel. And Simon, I know you've been upsetting me greatly tonight by constantly saying bigel, but I'll let it slide for the show. But do either of you have a favourite feud that you want to share with us? Jess? I have had many feuds with my mother, as probably all Jewish ladies have. Mostly mild. I often have them in my own head with her and she doesn't even know they're happening. The one that stands out to me was when I left home at the age of 18, which was a pre-arranged thing. And I moved to, to seek my fortune in London of becoming an actor. And I moved to a little shared house in Golders Green with my friend Kirsty. And on the day it came to moving, my mum didn't bring my orange cushions because she said they matched the curtains in my bedroom at home. And the orange cushions to me symbolised a little bit of home coming with me. Anyway, she was not having it. I think it was to do with her being upset that I was actually leaving home. But there was a full week where I didn't speak to my mum on the phone, suddenly living in London. I completely disowned her. And my sister said, Jess, I really think you should phone mum me and check in with her tell her how you're doing and I said I don't have a mother anymore <laughs> oh, oh, that's very jazz singer <laughs> this is the danger of upholstery this is why we shouldn't have it anymore I don't even like orange <laughs> now back in the bedroom at home she hasn't redecorated since 2001 <laughs> well she's probably using it as a shrine from the moment she died in your life yeah <laughs> she could never die though really not not with the constant dialogue i have with her in my head <laughs> simon how about you Okay, so I'm quite a strong-minded man, but I'm, I'm quite easygoing about most things. But 
pre-becoming an actor, what, what I think what the path was, was meant to be lawyer. My father's a lawyer. Surprise, surprise. But I, that's what I was meant to do. And so always in an argument, I'm not an aggressive person. I don't get angry, but it's very passive aggressive lawyery, right? And I will, I'll fight a point even if I know point blank it's wrong. So I sat at dinner with a good friend of mine, Preston Nyman is his name, also a fellow Jew. He makes some flippant comment about the Actors Union equity and how I got an email from them and I don't read them, I should need to think. And he had obviously said something that wound me up. So I launch into this full speech about you've got to support your union and you've got to vote in every election because how can you stand by anything if you don't have your say? You can never complain about anything. You can never do anything. You know, we had this thing and um, literally two days ago, he said, oh, did you read that recent equity letter? You know, we had to vote on the thing. And I said, you vote in the equity stuff. He was like, are you kidding me? Are you, are you absolutely kidding me? I said, yeah. He said, since you had a go at me, I have voted in every single equity thing, which is good, I think. But here's the thing. At the time that I would have got on my high horse, my favourite Olympic category, the high horse, at the time that I got on my high horse about that, I'm not entirely sure I was a member of equity. So uh, <laughs> I persuaded this poor boy to uh, really take a huge part in everything equity's ever done. And I was not even a member at the time. <laughs> I am now for your union <laughs> how does he feel about you now oh we're, we're fine it was funny i think it was also helped by the fact that i had no memory of the argument like i had <laughs> zero memory of it and I, it was either going to be that or the time that me and gary wilmer had a fight when he was dressed as a badger and i was dressed as a rat but that's for another time folks i really <laughs> hope that's the wind in the willow story nope <laughs> okay no i'm joking i'm joking of course but yeah there is nothing funnier than people arguing or getting upset when they're dressed silly i'm not going to say who it was but on avenue q there was a moment where we had to bring these ginormous puppet versions of this one character kate monster climbed over the entire set so you had this humongous like seven foot head and hands and stuff and uh, one of the actors was carrying this giant sort of six foot puppet hand and just had a bad day and crumpled to her knees with a giant puppet hand carrying a bouquet of flowers screaming i just can't do this anymore there is nothing funnier there is nothing funnier than someone with dressed silly holding something silly and genuinely being in distress nothing. i agree with you about people dressed silly i was on a flight it was christmas day and someone was arguing with the air <laughs> so jewish so jewish happy to fly on christmas day it was yeah, it's not poor. You, you believe how cheap it is to fly on christmas day however so I was on, on the flight on Christmas Day and the air stewardess was trying to calm down a passenger who was getting really irate and they were getting angrier and angrier. But the air stewardess still had the, the bobbly things on the head, like the, the weird antler thing. <laughs> Nothing undermines anger like a silly hat. That's my life. Um, <laughs> you try being angry, everyone, when you're constantly dressed like a pirate. That's all I'm saying. It's another Rachel slur. <laughs> Is that the theme? Join us this week on Rachel Slurs. That's going to be my next Edinburgh show. 
everyone thinks that Jews are very well connected and the four of us are quite good examples of that because like Jess and I we met properly last summer in a quite random gig it was the Edinburgh Hebrew Congregation Synagogue Festival Fringe Taster Day where we both performed and uh, I've got my own random connections as well obviously Jesse and I have gigged together but also although our paths didn't really cross we both worked on the imitation game on ITV which uh, yeah. I know you did and Simon again our paths didn't really cross doing it but we both worked on uh, is it Muppets Most Wanted yeah uh, as Muppeteers how do you make a job cooler come up with a name <laughs> like Muppeteer uh, <laughs> Muppeteers is cool though they actually came up with the name on a podcast exactly like this four people sat around just trying to come up with a name that's what we'll have with Chachukum but also Simon and I have connection because both from Essex we and we actually went to the same primary school so we did. not the same time as I'm much older if you big think up the of... ijps totally ijps <laughs> massive big <laughs> up the... to the blue jumper gang <laughs> it's now called the w ijps which i find don't really... ruin my memories rachel if you think of the idea of six degrees of can't eat bacon apart from the other three of us who is the most interesting jew that you are personally connected to simon what about you I would go with, it's actually quite close to home. My mum, don't let her five foot one permed hair, big tuchus uh, exterior fool you. She's quite the lady. So uh, she used to work at Thames Television and she was a programme organiser. I don't think the job exists anymore. It's like now runner and things and lots of stuff. But she spent her life working with Kenny Everett and Morecambe and Wise. And she went, so she did This Is Your Life. She looked after all of the Star Wars people and she did Prince Charles's This Is Your Life. And so she she's cool. she's connected. And her big thing is that for anyone uh, over a certain age, they'll probably remember when the Sex Pistols went on television quite famously and they swore and it was like the first time on live television when they were they were swearing pretty bad and it was my mum's fault so she was in the gallery and someone called up with a question what have they done with the money for this album or whatever so she was like this will be good and so she fed it into the ear and then created television history so uh yeah probably just my mum well, for a Jewish boy to say his mum is like the most fascinating Jew that they know is very ordinary. Well, it's uh, like it, that they know. That's it. It's deep, isn't it? Like, because also that they know. I mean, I met Billy Crystal, but I don't want to go on about it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's my mum. It's my mum. Yes. What about you? Who's the most fascinating Jew that you have a personal connection to? I would say probably Ernie Wise, as in <clears throat> Morecambe and Wise, because my grand, or oh, it could just be my granddad, um, Grandpa Jules, he was a jazz pianist, Jules Rubin, and um, it is a great name, isn't it? And he used to tour with Bruce Forsyth and Morecambe and Wise and all of those oh brilliant vintage act and he used to play it sounds a little bit rude but it wasn't he did boogie woogie piano and he was known as the the guy with the fastest left hand <laughs> come on jules <laughs> <laughs> but he was also known as the boy wonder because he could play anything that anyone would shout out in the audience except what they didn't know is his dad was sitting at the back shouting out all of these really amazing classical pieces <laughs> that my grandpa would play but he was amazing and you can google him jules Ruben. oh he was brilliant he was so great good name. great job yeah great grift as well keeping <laughs> his dad at the back smart man <laughs>
Grandpa Jules is such a great jazz name. He also had the coolest signature. He used to do a J as a treble clef. So he'd do a treble clef and then it would sweep up a stave, a musical stave, Jules Rubin. If I sign my name, I yeah. put a smiley face in the P and my friends take the mick out of me for that. So the fact that he does a full treble clef is amazing. What a legend. Jess, have you got, have you got any recordings of him playing? Yeah, loads. Oh, amazing. And I used to, actually, in my one of my Edinburgh shows, just to get yeah. an extra star, I had a video of him playing, and he died by that point, and so I did a duet with him. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. 100%. That's great. Bring out your dead famous grandpa Always. to get the extra star. <laughs> you Charles. wait till next year's Edinburgh. Are his videos available online? Yeah. He, there's an awful, weird, crazy video. He was a bit of an inventor as well, a bit like... Uh, do you remember in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, um, the, the character that dick van dyke played my yeah, grandpa correct, correct pots. <laughs> yes my grandpa made a mechanical hat machine you put it on your head and it was like a harness and with a pedal and you press the pedal and it would spin round and a different hat would be on your head and you'd no. be a different character and he played the piano and changed his voices Wow. And he did it on Pebble Mill, if you remember that, presented yeah. by Alan Titchmarsh. And there's a real cringeable video of him doing that. And it's brilliant. And okay. Janet Street Porter's in it as well. So enjoy. <laughs> now, this year has been completely bizarre. And every time I go on Twitter, I'm half expecting to see Jews versus zombies trending. When that day finally does come, what unique <laughs> skills are you going to bring to our survival team, Simon? So we've got puppeteering. Basically, I'm thinking distraction, right? Because if I can puppeteer a zombie, distract them with that, I'm happy to lose an arm. If it's zombie apocalypse, I'll lose from here up. That'll be fine. Bionic puppet or something. Or distract them with a little magic trick, I think is always probably a good option. So we could do that. So basically, distraction and run. Distraction and run. That's what I'm going for. And Jess, how about you? What what could you bring to the table in survival I would definitely be on Simon's team doing distraction techniques. I'd be throwing my voices and um, maybe doing some Kate Bush kung fu high kicks while I'm at it. What voice do you think? I'll play for, for the purposes of this. I'll sure. play the part of of the zombie coming towards you. Yeah. But who do you think of all of your possible voices? Who do you think would most distract a zombie? You know who be, be my mom. Get, get away from her. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but but at this moment. As a zombie, I'm distracted by that. I mean, I wouldn't do, oh, baby, baby, because you want to stay and watch, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, now I'm intrigued. I'm coming back. Yeah. I'm turning around. <laughs> yeah, I'm, dra yeah. I'm dragging my one good leg no, and I'm coming back to see what's going respect. on. Uh, what, what now, that? see, that's it. But now I'm even angry. Get away from us, pet. But then, yeah, see, you wouldn't, if I did Cheryl Cole, you wouldn't think I was serious because she doesn't really try. Yeah. You know what no. I mean? I'm frustrated. frustrated? Yeah, the um, voice is moving as slowly as I'm walking. Oh, no. <gasps> bit of Aguilera. Get Janet out again. Janet, yeah, no, 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 and I'm beaten, and I'm beaten. That's who we were looking for the whole time. That's how we win in the zombie apocalypse. It's Janet Street Porter. We've been talking a lot about Jewishness. What's the most Jewish thing about you? My nose. <laughs> 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 no, my chutzpah, I think, and uh, my love of food and my mother's voice in my head. All of those things. And my grandma and my grandpa. But mainly me. I'm a Jew. Can't argue with that lovely answer. Yeah, it's my chutzpah and my pushiness, I think. And my tuchus and my nose. <laughs> Finished. Do you think the chutzpah and the pushiness is just a Jewish thing or is it a showbiz thing as well? 
I think it gives you an edge in show business. I definitely get it from my mum's side. My dad is not Jewish, he's normal. And uh, he and all of his family were very British, stiff off of upper lip, you know, they were, they're just very reserved and wouldn't be pushy. And I always go the extra mile. And Simon, what's the most Jewish thing about you? Well, I mean, there's the obvious bits. I mean, look at it. Look at these. These, along with the Great Wall of China, can be seen from space. They're the eyebrows of a Jew. Look at them being puppeteered. So uh, that, but I would say the one thing that, I'm, that I think has probably gifted me the most along the way is I think Jews inherently have a, have a sense of comedy, don't they? Like, we laugh at things even in the worst times. And the ability to laugh at anything and find, I think, to be able to emote, to be able to connect, to be able to be dramatic, to be able to be empathetic you need to be able to laugh and i think there's something inherent about jews that allows us to laugh no matter the situation and it's one of those things where everyone should be everyone but it's one of those little things that you just wish it especially at the moment would rub off on the world well that's nearly all we've got time for so this is your chance to tell our lovely audience where they can find you normally we'd allocate 20 seconds to do this but for you 30 jess Oh, so lovely of you. You can find me on the internet, but don't get me muddled up when you Google Jess Robinson with the Jess Robinson from America, who is a Playboy model. If you Google stars in your ears or find that on all of your podcast platforms, you can hear me and my incredible band, Jessington World of Adventures, with special guests every week, celebrity guests doing impressions and bringing the world a bit of joy. That's where you should find me. And Simon, where can our audience find you? Unlike Jess, I have nothing to plug, so you can find me on my sofa. Come and look through my <laughs> windows, watch me. It's a laugh a minute, folks. If you don't want to watch me through my windows, then follow me on social media, because that's where we're all vacuous and empty and living our lives these days. And I can't wait to see you there. <laughs> <laughs> And presumably if people do make their way to your window to find you, then you will provide salt beef bagels. Yeah, if you call it corned beef, get out. But I've really, really enjoyed this. And from now on, I'm always going to think of Jess as the Jew who introduced us to Grandpa Jules, the jazz man, and Simon as the Jew who introduced us to Chuchukin. Come on. <laughs> and as my grandmother used to say when she wanted to end my telephone calls, you must have better things to do than talk to me. And you must have better things to do than talk to us which is a good thing because sadly we've come to the end of this week's show. We'd like to thank our guests, Jess Robinson and Simon Lipkin. Follow them on social media. Follow us on social media at JewTalking without the G. Don't forget to share, subscribe and review. And join us next time on Jew Talking to Me. Jew Talking to Me was hosted by me, Rachel Krieger. And me, Philip Simon. And it was produced by Russell Bolkins. Should I have brushed my hair? Should I have redone my makeup since 10? Should I have had a shower today? You're wasting time, Simon Lipkin. I'm doing nothing. <laughs>